Hello and welcome to episode 5 of War Stories A Year at the Tyneside Cinema. My name is Simon Dowling. This week's episode is about two films, um, another Paul Thomas Anderson film, Magnolia, and the new Alexander Payne film, Downsizing. As I mentioned last week, the Tyneside Cinema are still in the middle of their Paul Thomas Anderson season, uh, leading up to the release of Phantom Thread, which actually comes out today, February the 2nd. Um, I'm very excited to see that. I'm going to see it early next week. The first Paul Thomas Anderson film that I remember seeing, I think is Boogie Nights. I saw it when I was at university and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But the film that really enraptured me and made me absolutely adore everything about Paul Thomas Anderson's work was Magnolia. Um, Magnolia is a very divisive film and I say it's a divisive film mainly because um, I showed it to two of my friends a long time ago who watched it mildly inebriated and completely missed the point of the film. It's easy to do, it's a religiously allegorical film that doesn't really tell you what the religious allegory is in an easy way, yet uses some heavy-handed imagery, particularly Exodus 8-2, which is hidden around the film, to kind of serve its allegory. And it's peculiar to watch, it's over... It's about three hours and 20 minutes, so it's an incredibly long film, which, in my opinion, doesn't feel that length. One of the common things I will say about Paul Thomas Anderson films is that they never drag despite their length. He is a master of pacing and a master of keeping you gripped in the film that that you're being presented, regardless of its content, regardless of its length. And, you know, it's it's just, it's marvellous. Um, some other outstanding things again, about every Paul Thomas Anderson films, other performances he gets from actors you don't expect to give brilliant performances. Obviously, he litters his films with people like Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, William H. Macy, John C. Riley. so people that we know, particularly in John C. Riley's case, in one year, I believe it was 2002, he was nominated in three of the best pictures of that year, Gangs of New York, Chicago, and The Hours, um, yet he also made anger management that yeah you know he's he has this massive broad ability to be absolutely hilarious in films like uh, Walk Hard and um, Step Brothers and then he can be spectacularly peculiar in films like Magnolia and even films like Cyrus but Paul Thomas Anderson is is about more than just littering his films with these fantastic people I mean Tom Cruise is one of the finest actors really at doing what Tom Cruise does and the performance that Paul Thomas Anderson gets out of him in Magnolia is stunning. You know, there are there are echoes of what Tom Cruise was going to go on to become the whole jumping on the chair, absolutely manic on Oprah guy. Um, he plays Frank T.J. Mackey, an abhorrent man who trains people on how to be a pickup artist with uh, some choice, deeply misogynist training. And his entire character is disgusting. He's a liar. He is manipulative. And obviously, he's super, super weak deep down because of things that happened to him in his childhood. Magnolia is the type of film that kind of became trendy 
in the late 90s and early noughties, these sweeping grand films with multiple storylines that were interconnected in several different ways, whether the characters met or not, everything happens for a reason. You know, films like Crash and Amoros Peros, you know, they were kind of standout films. Obviously, Crash hasn't aged particularly well, but Magnolia has aged perfectly. I feel like I will, especially considering there's probably going to be a Phantom Thread episode in the next week, I will tire people out talking about Paul Thomas Anderson. So I genuinely don't know whether to leave it there or or, or, or what to say about Magnolia, other than I feel sad that I can't tell you to go and see it in the cinema. Because of its length, it is a difficult film to watch at home, unless you are very, very disciplined in your home viewing. I would actively encourage everyone to watch Magnolia. I think it's absolutely fantastic. A, a quick kind of brief breakdown of, of each story. So we have Frank T.J. Mackey, who is the pickup artist played by Tom Cruise, who is the majority of the time that we see his character, it's him hosting one of his seminars on picking up chicks and um, basically manipulating people that you are attracted to into into sleeping with you, not into being attracted to you, not into dating you, literally just into, into sleeping with you. Another key storyline is about the Partridge family. So Linda Partridge is the young wife of Earl Partridge, who is a, a dying man who made a lot of money in, in TV and had this trophy wife in Linda, who is struggling personally with both his death and the fact that she has always been a trophy wife. His uh, doctor is played by a Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is absolutely incredible. To to see his um, development from the character he played in Boogie Nights, which is very supporting, very character actory, to playing Phil in in Magnolia it is stunning. It's a it's a completely different type of performance. It's very gentle and very expressive and emotional in in a way that we caught glimpses of in Boogie Nights, but is is developed in such a fantastic way here. That that's kind of their storyline and then I won't say how that's connected to any of the other storylines because that's kind of the, the, the joy and and gravity of the film. And um, another storyline we see is um Philip Baker Hall plays Jimmy Gator, who's a, a long standing T V host of a of a kind of kids versus adults um quiz show and a young Jeremy Blackman plays Stanley Spectre who is the star child in that show. Hear their storyline, Philip Baker Hall, the very opening of of the film we find out that he has cancer and He's going on TV to host a countdown to a landmark episode, which is, I think, the, the kids, when they lose, get knocked off the show, and these kids are about to break the record for the longest they've ever, you know, the longest time they've ever beaten the adults for. So he's on to count down to this landmark show, and but it is 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 bearing the weight of his, his diagnosis. An, an obvious connection, which is, is, is developed very much at the start, William H. Macy, is the current record holder and, and beat the record in the 1960s and he plays quiz kid Donny Smith he's this guy who has local fame because he was the record breaking quiz kid and super smart and it's him in his in his middle age um, suffering financial woes and he's working in kind of a, a dead end job and he's he's doing it all for a particular reason and, and like I said I, w- I won't say the, the reason that he is struggling in in every way because again that's that's the that's where you know that that is the joy of magnolia an absolutely stunning performance and his storyline 
is so not necessarily relatable because I'm not a middle-aged man who's, who's who's kind of having a midlife crisis, but the way that he exudes the emotion and, and anger and frustration and everything is just is just absolutely incredible. John C. Riley plays um, Officer Jim, who's a, a, a deeply religious um, police officer who is is sent to the house of, of Claudia because she's a... a in a public disturbance and he falls there's a love at first sight and it's about him grappling with his his unprofessional lust i guess for for claudia um the other aspect of his storyline is is his opening scene is absolutely hilarious and when i saw it in the cinema the you know i'd never seen it in a room full of you know 50 60 people before so it was incredible to see the comedy in the film that I'd not picked up on. Yes, I guess I'd gig- probably giggled when I watched the film in the house, but to have a, a an audience rapturously laughing at one of the scenes really added to the film. And, you know, it's the, it was the same with Boogie Nights. To me, when I reflect on Magnolia and Boogie Nights, I see them as very serious and very hard to watch films, I guess, um, with deep meanings. And to see them with these audiences, like they would have been you know, in the 90s, to to get these laughs has given me such an extra perspective on on the film. Um, but yes, he, he is, at the start of the film, um, finds a body, essentially, and, and another aspect of his storyline is him grappling with his, his need to be a good detective and him not necessarily trying to solve the case but just dealing with just an, being an everyday cop and not being a very good one and questioning his self and questioning why his path is is, is making him blunderous and a, and a bit of a joke so yes so there's there's officer jim and claudia um there's jimmy gator and, and stanley and stanley's stanley's awful father um, and then there's there's Donnie Smith, and there's Earl Partridge and his wife Linda and Phil, their their nurse. They're the the four aspects of the the story. And if if you go on like Wikipedia, obviously I wouldn't advise if you're going to watch the film. And but if you look at how short the plot synopsis is on something like IMDb, on something like Wikipedia, you feel like the film can't possibly have this weight that it does but it 100% holds this this weight there are some great supporting performances Alfred Molina who we saw in Boogie Nights pops up again and Michael Bowen plays Rick Spector who is Stanley the the new quiz kids uh, awful overbearing father Felicity Huffman's in there as uh, she plays Cynthia who is one of the producers on the on the TV show some of the way the f- film progresses and some of the things that the film does do kind of catch people off guard and if you're not picking up on especially the Exodus 8-2 which is is there presented to you from the start and the themes that are given to you in quite a strong way at the start it opens with these little short vignettes um, about coincidence and, and fate and themes that the the film carries on there are some things that the film does that might completely remove you from from not necessarily your enjoyment of the film but might take you out and make you go well that's a bit too strange and a bit too left field for me 
my favourite line in the film um, comes from Stanley, where he's sitting in towards the end of the film, and he just says the words, well, that's something that can happen. They encapsulate everything that the film is trying to say because of what's happening as he says this line it often doesn't necessarily go missed but um you can be swept up in this 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 peculiar event um and not necessarily be focusing on the characters at that point and you might start thinking more about the broad impact that this event is having on the story and and the line stanley says like i say this is something that can happen really sells the film and puts it all in its place and i encourage you if you have three and a half hours perhaps on a a a rainy weekend day to watch magnolia the first person here's a challenge the first person to message me on the war stories facebook page using the phrase i want to watch magnolia i will post you a dvd of magnolia and then feel free to share this film with anyone you want once you've watched it um it's absolutely fantastic and like i say the film that got me into paul thomas anderson awakened this love for him in me despite having me already seen some of his other films um that progressed through the rest of his career with with punch drunk love there will be blood inherent vice the master um interestingly enough paul thomas anderson did a, a question and answer session on both twitter and and reddit recently and magnolia was a film that got asked about quite a lot so um and paul thomas anderson's answer to the question or is there any advice is there any advice that you would give your younger self as he's about to make magnolia and i believe his response was chill the fuck out and cut 20 minutes <laughs> um I was conscious of that. I'd, I'd read this um, question and answer session before I saw the film, so I kind of gave myself the challenge to see which 20 minutes I would personally cut from the film. Obviously, not a filmmaker, not an editor, not really my job. Although I do agree with him that there's some uh, sequences that are slightly overlong. There are some decorative parts of the film that perhaps could be cut, but there's no way that I could sit down and find 20 minutes of this film to cut without it just being shortening pauses and shortening character introductions for example as they drive on screen it's three seconds i'd cut that down to one second there is nothing i could imagine i could do to this film every line is sublime and hypnotic like i say send me a message on war stories first person to do so you will get a copy of magnolia The other film I saw this week was perhaps one of the most bafflingly peculiar films I've ever seen in a cinema, and to say whether that's for better or for worse, I really still haven't decided, despite it being five days since I saw it. The film was Alexander Payne's Downsizing, uh, which stars Matt Damon, Christoph Waltz, Hong Chow, and uh, supported by Kristen Wiig. Alexander Payne has proven himself to be a great director throughout the course of his career um election particularly um is this is a standout in in my opinion and as well as the descendants which obviously was um uh, won an oscar his last film nebraska i absolutely adored um and was 
a fantastic Bob Odenkirk performance, as I've mentioned. Uh, similarly, yeah, he was fantastic in the post, as well as Sideways, which again was critically acclaimed. Everyone absolutely adores Sideways. His stories and films are primarily about the struggles of a middle-aged white working kind of working class lower middle class guy and this is is no different if you haven't seen the trailer for downsizing it's a it's a high concept film in that it's about people being shrunk science has progressed to a point where we've developed the ability to shrink people down therefore massively reducing their carbon footprint and their impact on the on the planet in general and not only that but people who are not particularly flush in the normal world can be downsized and will be millionaires matt damon plays paul safranic who is an occupational therapist in a meat factory alongside his his wife audrey safranic who has ideas above her station about their financial place in the world and takes him on these tours of gigantic houses as he, at night as she sleeps, goes through their, their finances and, and wallows in his inability to satisfy her financially. They go to their high school reunion and bump into some old friends who have been made small and are convinced to join their, their old school friends in the world of the small. So they go ahead and get themselves scientifically shrunk and implanted into this world of weird characters, particularly Christoph Waltz and Udo Kier, who play um, Dusan, who is is their neighbour, and uh, his friend Conrad, who were... By the sounds of things, the sort of people who were rich in the real world and then have gone on to be even richer in the small world and in doing so have just become absolute dickheads who throw these massive wild parties for celebrities, including the small celebrity, the first small baby who was born. It's genuinely, I'm going to leave that sigh in because that is how I feel about what the film does with its concept. The first kind of 45 minutes of the film, I was pleasantly surprised considering the dreadful reviews I'd heard from from friends and, and, and newspaper critics and online critics alike. I was really enjoying the film. I liked its peculiar tone and its dry wit and those classic Alexander Payne things. As much as the film turns to absolute shit, it still has some fantastic Alexander Payne lines in. Um, I think he's a, a really great filmmaker and that does show here. Um, there are some dodgy moments when it comes to compositing because of the smallness, but... You know, that that can be forgiven because of, of how good the performances are. Particularly uh, Rolf Lasgard, who I can't remember seeing in anything else before, who plays the, the inventor of of downsizing of, of, of this small science. And he's one of the first people to become small himself. I, I think I think his performance is, is quite impressive and, and it's funny. And, and like I say, it, it's very dry. And again, I'm going to leave that sigh in because... I'm genuinely finding it hard to put to paper 
and you know when I've been talking to my friends about it as well as now without completely ruining the film the first thing I did when I got home and and my wife said to me oh how's the film I said are you ever gonna watch Downsizing and she said oh probably not and I had to just tell her every misstep after misstep that this film makes it is baffling I mean it doesn't progress organically it is is very pressed it's about it feels about four different films there's a moment where Matt Damon towards the end of the film is sitting in a drum circle and it's just peculiar it is baffling I was in in the smallest screen at the Tyneside Cinema the gallery and there's you know I think it fits about 30 35 people and there were maybe 10 people maximum in in the in the cinema and there was a group of three people behind me who seemed to be really enjoying the film um they were laughing throughout at, at every moment that was set up to be laughed at they were kind of umming and awing at the emotional beats that fell completely flat with me because of the way in which the story had progressed you stopped caring it wasn't funny anymore you were because you were spending too long trying to decipher what on earth the film was trying to do and no longer was the the emotion there because you didn't care you especially hong chow's character um nyok lan who is a she's like a, a small a former small um, prisoner of the state. Uh, she was she was made small because of being a criminal. Uh, she then escaped her uh, native Vietnam and was sent to a hospital in the, the the small city that Matt Damon then goes to live in, and eventually just becomes um, the cleaner who happens to be Dusan's cleaner, who is Paul Safranek's neighbor, which is how they meet. Um, perfectly reasonable way to have characters introduced to each other their friendship then barrels along at this alarming rate and within seconds you are as swept up as paul's character is in this weird life that nyuk lang is is taking paul into and it's just fucking insane apologies for my language but i cannot begin to describe where this film goes the film I don't think I've ever seen a film end in such a completely different place from the film that you're presented in the first 45 minutes. And the mixed messages that it gives, and it's trying to be important and serve this message and this purpose, but completely wastes the opportunity by adding in a completely different political message so obviously the message at the first is humans are killing the planet um if we go small we'll vastly reduce our waste therefore the earth therefore humans as, as a species will not be this drain on on the planet and i guess that is the overall theme of the entire film but it adds in these other themes even grander um it feels like you're being hit in the head with a baseball bat but the baseball bat's been shrunk, so it's so tiny, so it's having absolutely no impact on you. That is how I would describe the film. It is baffling. I can't encourage you to go and see it. Even if you're a fan of Alexander Payne's films, I'm not sure there's literally anything in the film that anyone was ever going to get out of it. 
other than enjoying the first 45 minutes. <laughs> a lot of you might have seen it by now, because I guess at this point it's it's been out a fortnight, and I would love to encourage some discussion around the film Downsizing. If you've seen it, then feel free to tweet me or email me. Um, they're both just war stories. Uh, the email is warstories at gmail.com. Twitter is just war stories, and obviously the Facebook page is facebook.com slash war stories feel free to message me or, or write on the, the facebook wall or something if you have seen downsizing and tell me exactly how you felt about it and particularly love to hear the perspective of anyone who enjoyed it and i mean enjoyed it beyond the first 45 minutes because i did as as did friends that i've spoken to who have seen the film it's just baffling and I, ho- I kind of hope that me being this baffled by the film and this kind of <laughs> very sweary and confused uh, I can't even really call it a review of the film does kind of encourage people to go out and see Downsizing but it might not still be on at your local cinema Um, it's certainly not on at the Tyneside anymore but honestly it's just insane and that's all i have to say about alexander payne's downsizing thank you for listening to war stories yeah at the tyneside cinema my name's simon dowling